Hello and welcome to the Left Hook Larry podcast. I'm Greg Checklin and I'll be joined alongside you and Chapman. This week we're going to be discussing some of the biggest fights and some of the best moments from UFC 261. Before we get started, I've got to talk about my my boxing career um, because it's come on leaps and bounds. Um, now I've, I've set up a heavy bag, so I've sort of already convinced myself that I I will be world champion one day, and I think that is inevitable. Um, you know that heavy bag was moving quite a bit, and and if I can find a fighter to fight me who who doesn't move his head, then you know I think I've got a real chance of getting a good good stoppage. Um, <laughs> How are you finding it though? Because I mean, I've, I've seen a few of the videos you've sent me, um, asking for a few tips. How, like, what, yeah. what, what, what? But I mean, what, what are you laughing? At? I'm just laughing, just thinking. You know, about, laughing like it's funny. No, no, no. I was laughing at a joke someone told me earlier. But um, yeah, like, I mean, how how do you find it? What what do you struggle with? What do you feel like you're good at? Um, it's it's funny, isn't it? It's like with with anything that you do, like any new skill that you try, like in your head, you just imagine that you like you look great, um, you know, like your punches are on point, um, and then you record yourself and you're like, huh, okay, well, it doesn't really look that good. Uh, <laughs> Why do I look so, like this? Yeah, I mean, of course, like the the punches which are less natural to people that don't box, like you know, like like left hook or you know even like the, um, like a jab to the body, like the sort of things that don't really come that naturally. Um, they just look incredibly awkward. Um, and yeah, I can see why that takes a lot of practice. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think um, that's the crazy thing with the left hook and that I didn't realise. I always just thought, oh, a hook is such a natural shot. And then because mm, I've done a bit, quite a bit of coaching with people that are just new to boxing, it's like they just have no clue of how how it works. Yeah. I'm just thinking like it must just be such an alien movement then because it is it is because well first of all if you're obviously um conventional stance then your your left hand is your weaker hand right and so first of all you're throwing with your weaker hand which feels weird and then for your lead hand to sort of try and generate power it's sort of counterintuitive because you're, you're thinking like you're sort of going to be swinging from the hip and like to sort of yeah like using that momentum but obviously really it's all in that turn in, in your shoulder and getting your, your elbow sort of parallel with your shoulder and really just twisting your body right. and sort of getting the power through that way but it's so it's a real like it's a hard thing to to program into your to you to sort of just do naturally because it's quite an unnatural movement to get your elbow up that high to punch yeah um I think so, that's, yeah. that's the thing you just see all the videos saying exactly how it is but you know it's not often you know done in that kind of yeah that, that the way that they teach but it can just be such a devastating shot and it can be so powerful absolutely um, but once yeah. you get used to it i mean I've, i think i've got a video i'm going to do another little flex here actually that um i think i've got a video where i uh got a standing eight on a guy from just a short little left hook but you know when it's so quick and people can't see it coming you can get so much power and turn into it, it can, it can exactly. just do a lot of damage it's just yeah it's a beautiful shot i mean there's a reason we named it you know this podcast basically so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Obviously, we're both naturals. Yeah. No, it's exactly like um, when I was doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, though, because, 
you know what to do you've seen the videos of it and you yeah you know what the technique is but actually executing that is a different story um so yeah and then in the same way as well when you when you record yourself or somebody records you sparring or fighting uh, in jiu-jitsu and you're like in your head you're like your body is in a perfect position uh you know and your weight's distributed perfectly and you know you're all doing you're, you're sort of so in sync with your own body and then you watch it back and you're like huh i look really terrible and um you know this is bad this is bad but you know it's it's again it's so much easier said than done and that's and that's the real difficulty of uh doing anything like this yeah well i mean i'm sure it will come greg and we'll get you sparring soon oh, it, will. it will exclusive it will. footage will be posted on our instagram page <laughs> oh, brilliant. I think this is just all a ploy to to literally embarrass me isn't it come well, on greg you're the one that made the bet so uh, I didn't make any I'll bet. I'll reveal the bet now for the podcast, just so that it's set in stone. Okay, um, all right. And and just to say, this actually was set by Greg. So don't come back and say this is. He was saying that he basically how great he was, and I said, you know, against a boxer <laughs> like me, I think twenty seconds, not including like counts or whatever, I I could. I could stop you or at least, you know, or you'll say, you know, let's stop or whatever. You'll <laughs> give up within 20 seconds. No, and nice. what did we have a hundred pound bet on that? So I'm looking forward to that. I can get myself a no, nice new pair of boots for that. I would genuinely be interested to know. And for the, for those of you who are listening, who know me and Ewan, um, I would be really interested to see what the general consensus is on this because I'm in like in my head, right? Again, I could be so wrong, but to last twenty seconds, like I could just run around the ring if I wanted to. Yeah, I but, could just. But, you know. but then you're not a boxer. You don't know how to control a ring. You like you don't know like how easy it is to cut someone off in a ring. Like all literally, all it takes is like two steps. You know, you step someone into a corner and then they can't move. Mm. Uh, it's, wow. it's it's just like you'll see, you'll see because that's the well, thing. It's I'll, just I've been watching Tony Jeffries, so you know. Um, it's coming, you know, yeah. footwork. Get your £100 ready, Greg. <laughs> okay, we'll do. <laughs> okay. okay, so we're going to start with Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal, which I think was surprising in some ways but not surprising in others i think the result itself was not surprising um i think i was someone in particular that argued that i don't think this really should have even been a rematch um i think there are other more deserving fighters out there that that should have been pushed pushed for this uh, title shot which i'm sure is something we can discuss later um but to get the knockout in that fashion was certainly something that i was not expecting and um you have to say fair play to to usman because um i think he's really proved a lot of fans wrong in that he can actually be exciting when he fights um and i think it sort of pushes his stock up further and he will actually be rated as a better fighter after this and um it's difficult to see even you know if if he's able to get the the, the colby covington rematch um how Colby will be able to deal with his striking now because he seems to have improved a lot in that area. Um, yeah, what was your thoughts on this? Uh, well, you know, I I thought it was going to be a bit of a wrestling battle. So there's always a bit of a surprise where you just see um, Usman decide to stand and trade with him. I think 
from from what I saw, the you know the Masvidal wasn't as as crisp and as clean as we we usually see. Like say in the fight with Darren Till, where it's just like sublime boxing. It's quick movement. He's got that head movement, counter reflexes. He just didn't didn't seem to have that. I, I thought there were several times where Usman stepped in to throw his shots, and you could just see that. Masvidal's head was just staying exactly center and kind of just like clenching in preparation to take shots and I, I think that's something that we don't usually see from Masvidal it's a little bit more slick it's you know working off shots so that he can counter back and I think that's what led to his downfall because he, he just wasn't wasn't moving out of the way and I don't think from what I saw from Usman in that fight, that he's now suddenly, you know, an amazing boxer that's, you know, above, uh, you know, other fighters in terms of his boxing ability. I just think there's there's just several parts to his arsenal which are, are really difficult. I still think he's like, you know, slightly awkward and, uh, you know, boxy to to look at. You know, a little bit rigid, but it's fact his arms are so long because you can see he could just reach from so far away, and he's obviously got so much power in that right hand as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, is is Masvidal past it then? Is is that what we've got to take coming out of this? Because I don't think he'd have got beaten up in that sense, in that style. Um, you know, in previously in his career, so to see him now at you know a last stage of his career and um, taking a shot like that, you know, is 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 he past it? Is that is that the end of the road? Well, yeah, I mean, I was particularly surprised with the sort of combination that that caught him because it's pretty pretty rudimentary. It's pretty basic stuff from from Usman and. Um, yeah, just to sort of obviously went to throw or sort of fake that left hook to then come straight through with the right hand. It was sort of something which you know you you teach an absolute well, Greg, beginner. Greg, um, rudimentary. Are you, are you not? Do you not know that Conor McGregor has that shot patented? <laughs> oh yeah, I can't believe that post. That was absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, as if McGregor hasn't been ridiculous enough in recent times for him to say that um, Usman was stealing that combination. It's just ridiculous. Um, I, I did find even, that funny. I'm not I did find that funny. It. It's just, it's just, of course, that's just typical Connor. But um, yeah, I, I think interestingly, though, um, you had Daniel Cormier and Joe Rogan saying, you know, that. I think Usman looked quite wild, particularly in that first round when he was sort of overextending and he looked off balance. And um, they were saying that he needed to be careful and, and I, was, I was agreeing with them, to be honest. And it was um, strange then that he was able to, to sort of get that finish. But I guess it makes me think that in some ways, when you don't teach someone sort of boxing from a very young age, they can be quite wild and unconventional. And in some ways that can almost give them an advantage in some ways because um maybe Masvidal wasn't expecting you know that kind of uh, combination to come out of, of Usman after the you know him looking quite awkward in that first round so uh yeah as someone who is more of a pure boxer like Masvidal is maybe it sort of caught him off guard but I think it's no excuse for for that really and, and the way he got finished was certainly very very surprising in my books so are we saying that um is this the end for for Masvidal? Uh, I want your opinion on this. I mean, how 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 many more 
you know, has he got another shot at the title, or is it now just just the money fights? Obviously, with with Nick Diaz or Kamza Chimaev or Leon Edwards. I mean, is is he just sticking around for those fights? Do you reckon he should even fight well, now? I, don't, I mean, no, I, I don't. I really don't think that. Well, as long as Usman is the champion, um, he's he's not going to get another shot. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, he was destroyed in the first fight and well maybe even more convincingly so in, in the second fight so it doesn't really make any sense for for that to happen again um but there's absolutely fights that can be made i mean you know he's you have to think about the the fighters that masvidal's finished and you know what that sort of says about his his ability and and certainly i think a fight which would make sense for both fighters um particularly Leon Edwards, is that fight with Leon Edwards because Leon Edwards needs a big name to sort of bring him up and actually push him towards that title shot. And um, if Leon wins that, particularly if he wins it convincingly, I think he's he's certainly next in line um, for that title shot. So I think that fight would make perfect sense, obviously because of the beef that they had before. Um, it just makes perfect sense. And there's absolutely... Um, fights to be made and and big money fights to be made because at the end of the day you know fighting a lot of, a lot of times in the UFC you know you can make more money by being more entertaining and being a more exciting fighter to watch which is something which which McGregor has obviously proved over the years so there's there's a lot of money still to be made for Masvidal and there's a lot of people who'd still pay to watch those fights so there's absolutely a place for him but it's just not anywhere near the title at the moment. No, no, I definitely agree with you, and I think you know, for you know, he's still going to be exciting. I still want to watch him fight. So, so let's yeah, let's let's put him up against some guys, especially just striking guys. I don't, I don't really want to see him just get out wrestled by people. No, I want to see him go in for some boxing matches. So yeah, I'd agree with you, Leon Edwards, or you know, if Nick Diaz is coming back, and you know, you've seen it all online. I think that's that would be a great one to watch, but. Greg, you know, we were told off on, God, I am not even can't even remember the episode now, it was that long ago, for not giving um, uh, Black, Jan Blakovic um, enough credit for his win. Yeah, yeah, honest, that was a bit of a mouthful there, a bit of a tongue twister. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we didn't give him enough credit, so are we, are we doing the same here? Do we need to give Usman a little bit more credit? No, I think uh, I'm really not, um, sort of demeaning anything that, that Usman accomplished on, on Saturday. I think it was absolutely fantastic the way he got that finish. Um, I think sometimes it's a little bit like six of one and a half a dozen of the other because it's never really... I think it was a combination of, of both those factors that Masvidal should have done better, but ultimately you can't argue that Usman striking hasn't improved because it just looks... To be able to get that finish, um, and Masvidal said himself that he didn't know that Usman had that power. So, um, you know, now people know. Sorry, I just missed the... Uh, accidentally clicked on the mute button at the wrong time there. Uh, so, I heard a lot of shouts saying Usman, pound for pound, number one in the world now that Khabib's gone. Um, I, I just don't know how that sits with me. I mean, just... I don't know if he's enough or enough, you know, razzle-dazzle, you know, like you got with, say, Anderson Silva when he was at his best or John Jones at his best or, you know, just even Khabib, just how scary he was. I mean, obviously, Usman's scary, but it doesn't feel like it's quite the same 
pillars in UFC that that those guys were. So is he is he the number one pound for pound? Can we give him that title now? It's a difficult, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you, it's almost like the answer is probably yes, but you don't really want to admit it because then you're like, well, surely pound for pound number one means that this is someone that you want to pay, like, you know, you want to pay money to watch and, and uh, someone who's going to really entertain you. But apart from this, and I guess you could argue, um, you know, the, the Colby Covington fight was fantastic. And, um, and yeah, he might just be one of those fighters who needs the right partner in there to really go at it. Um, but I, I see what you're saying. It's, it's difficult to, to sort of admit that he is the number one, but I think he is the number one at the moment um, in terms of being as dominant as he's been. He's not really been in, you know, a world of trouble um, as of yet. And and to sort of make his fights look as easy as they've been, it almost feels like that takes away some of the legitimacy from his performances when actually he's just that good that he makes the fights look boring, you know, and that's, Something we discussed before about um, Amanda Nunes, even though you could argue she's much more exciting, it often feels like when they're so dominant, you're like, oh, is that is that down to their opponents not being good enough or are they just that good? But I think Usman just is that good. No, I, I definitely agree with your point. I just I just still feel like we need that career-defining fight. And Usman's so massive at 170. Like, he's just an absolute unit that... I, I don't think it's too far out of reach for him to move up and go and fight at a middleweight. And I think that's that could potentially be where he makes that massive, you know, stardom claim. Well, yeah, I think that's a good point because I think now we're in an era where you need to actually go up or down in a weight class and win another title to actually cement yourself as anything special, which is kind of incredible when you think about it, um, that that is necessary. Um, because, yeah, if he was able to, to move up and, and fight Izzy and win that fight, then you'd be like, well, okay, this guy is, you know, it's hard to argue that he's not a pound for pound the best. So um, I think, yeah, it's it's weird that it's almost become a necessity to do that, but that's just the era that we're, we're living in at the moment, which in some ways makes it exciting because a fighter like Usman can't just sort of sit and rest in the middleweight division, um, sorry, in the welterweight division and, and sort of just build up those wins and those title defences and it get really boring. Um, you know, we're, we're sort of pressuring fighters to to go and move weight class and, and actually um, prove themselves as the best pound for pound. And I think that's, overall a, a good positive move because yeah you're just going to make more exciting fights and you know you want to see Usman tested and I think unfortunately he's not really going to be tested in the middleweight division sorry in the welterweight division don't know why I keep saying middleweight I think it's because you got me thinking now he's just so massive that <laughs> yeah, he is. He's huge. And it doesn't feel right calling him in a welterweight does it like it's just not it does not really Oh, I mean, there is no way that that guy comes in on fight night under 190 pounds. No way. I mean, he's so big. He's so absolutely big. shredded as well. That's the thing. There's not an ounce of fat on him. Um, so, I mean, surely, you know, a few more cheeseburgers and he's he's there, really. No, well, that's um, the thing. You've got to think, short, like, surely the move up would be easy for him. And then you look at, 
like the the champion Izzy, who's not particularly a huge middleweight. I mean, he's I mean, obviously moved up to light heavyweight, which obviously didn't seem right anyway. But I feel like that that kind of that kind of fight. And like we, like you were saying with Amanda Nunez, where she, you know, she's so dominant, but Amanda hasn't really got that kind of that that movement. You know, she can't go anywhere. Usman's got this chance. If you want to be great, you've got to do something great. So, yeah, I want to see him move up. I want to see him move up and fight Izzy, or you know, fight whoever's the champion at that time. Because um, I definitely, I definitely don't think it's it's with, uh, out of his reach. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's definitely, he's ready. There's no question that he's ready to do that. Um, whether he'll be willing to take that risk or not is the real question. And that is when we'll really start to see his character. Because to be honest, if he doesn't move up to heavyweight and fight Francis, then, you know, what a coward, in my opinion. Um, so really, uh, yeah, he's got to. No, 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 no. Yeah, so we're just going to touch on um, the the Rose Amiunas fight versus Weili Zhang. Um, that was, uh, yeah, I think Rose has proved again that you know, sort of on the biggest stage, she she is willing to to sort of step up a game, and you know, she's certainly been one of my favourite fighters. I think she's so entertaining to watch. Um, she, you know, the kind of fighter that can sort of do it all, and is so talented in 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 sort of multiple disciplines, and to sort of have that in her arsenal to to be able to get a head kick knockout and also knowing that she could probably out grapple you you know she's she really is a very well-rounded mixed martial artist and um to do that to Weili Zhang who we know is a world-class striker um was fantastic and you know the way that she did it sort of faking with that kick to the body and going to the head was was absolutely beautiful and um I think you know, I wouldn't have been too surprised if if Rose would have won this fight by like a points decision, but to get the win in that fashion was was absolutely amazing, and it was kind of sad. Um, you know, in a lot of regards, firstly, the way that the crowd treated Weili Zhang was, you know, obviously just completely disrespectful, and it was it made me sort of quite uncomfortable to watch at first, and you know, definitely wasn't something that sat right with me. Um, and then second of all, it was obviously sad to see the fact that Zhang thought that, you know, she was completely conscious when of course she wasn't. So um, I do feel bad for, for Zhang and I hope that she can come back from this. Um, and I'm sure she will do. Um, but I'm absolutely delighted for, for Rose. I think, um, yeah, I just really think she's a great fighter to watch. And um, yeah, I mean, I would, I would certainly like to see a rematch. Oh yeah, you, you you had a lot to say there, Greg, didn't you? Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I think going into it, I I really thought the Weili Zhang was just gonna, you know, after that um, Joanna fight, that she was just gonna be too much for Rose, um, and I almost felt disappointed because I it was actually a fight that, and I, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but I I find that I often there's not many fights that get me excited or you know that i all really want to tune in in, in women's mma because obviously it can often be so one-sided but this was one that i was actually really looking forward to so i almost felt 
disappointed that we didn't get to see how it'd play out because I think it really could have been an amazing war. Um, and that would have been great to watch. And I feel like both of those guys, well, both of those girls uh, would just be going hell for leather the whole time. So, so I felt a little gutted just at the way it ended. Um, but I, I think, it, yeah, that's the thing. It just shows Rose has that little bit of class. And, it, you know, I it's almost disappointing, you know, that she gets these losses in her career and, like, kind of little setbacks because, like, she's so close to being such a great female fighter. She needs that consistency, doesn't she? It, yeah. It's, it, she just falls off every now and then when, you know, the sort of, like, the fire's not in her belly, um, which, it, which is odd. Um, but, yeah, like you were saying, we're, we're all sort of hoping for you know, a five round classic, like the the fight that Zhang was in, you know, it, it really uh, could have been as well, Rana, you know? Yeah. It would have been amazing, but I guess in some ways this is even more spectacular. So it was, um, yeah, I think it was a really enjoyable fight and I certainly would like to see a rematch. I don't know about you. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I think it's the kind of fight they need to make again. Cause I, I, I feel like each time that they make the fight, it's going to be something completely different. And I feel like if we watch it again, we're just going to get, something completely def- different to what we got that time. I feel like that it, could just, it could just be a war. They're both just absolute nutters. And little little Rose with a shaved head. Genuinely, <laughs> when have you ever seen someone that's so like nice and little? But yeah. So devastating yeah. as well. I mean, yeah. it's, it's pretty crazy. I think, um, I think in all honesty as well, the rematch kind of needs to happen because the depth of the women's strawweight division is not... <laughs> particularly fantastic so it's not like there's somebody absolutely you know waiting uh, in line you know absolutely sort of kicking that door down you know it's really much just like okay we've got two or three people that sort of seem to swap the belts between each other and you know if one loses they'll probably get a rematch because there's no one else and unfortunately that is just the sad reality of the women's divisions in general um so, yeah, I mean, we can just hope that there becomes a sort of deeper division over time. But in some ways, it's kind of cool because then you get these like sort of long narratives that play out over, you know, two or three fights. And, um, yeah, it, there I are feel like that's needed in, in the women's in the women's fights because it brings that little bit of needle. And you saw that going into this one. And obviously, you know, bringing up politics and what Rose said before is not on, but you know, you want to see that little bit of needle in a fight. Uh, you know, something going into it that makes it a little bit nasty, but it, I think Absolutely. all, all this makes me think seeing at the minute, how a straw weight division is where it's going back and forth, how crazy and how dominant was Joanna at this weight? I mean, there was no one that could touch her and she, she just held on to that title for so mm. long and looked so good. It's crazy now you just see it going back and forth again. And mm. I think it, it just, you know, you kind of forget how good Joanna was back in that Conor McGregor era where she'd just be on yeah. all the undercards and she was un- unstoppable. Yeah, well, that was why it was just such a, an absolutely shocking um, sort of turn of events when she did get knocked out by Rose. And I remember... I can't remember what number that card was, but it was probably my favourite card of all time. Cause I think that was the same one where uh, Bisping lost to GSP, wasn't it? Uh, um, yeah. Um, and I think that was probably my favourite card of all time because it was just like crazy things like that happening and it, and it was just amazing to watch. And, and this is why we watch UFC in particular, probably, you know, a massive advantage of the UFC over boxing because you, you get these sort of upsets more often um and 
it just makes it really exciting to watch. You really genuinely don't know what's going to happen. I mean, who expected, you know, a head kick knockout so early on in the fight, um, you know, from somebody like, or against somebody like Wei Li Zhang, who's a fantastic striker. And this is what keeps you on, on, on the edge of your seat whenever you're watching. So, um, yeah, absolutely loved it. Yeah. Well, that's good, Greg. I'm glad you had a good time. <laughs> Valentina Shevchenko, um, again, so dominant. She's so good. She just seems to be, again, like Rose, such a well-rounded mixed martial artist. And, you know, I think, I guess when we are talking earlier about Kamara Usman and, and our sort of hesitancy to, to put him at the top of the pound-for-pound pound list, I think part of that is because in some ways he seems sort of one dimensional um you know even though he was obviously able to get that knockout with his hands he mostly wrestles and when you look at somebody like Shevchenko who just keeps proving that she can literally out wrestle you she can submit you she can beat you on the feet it's like these are the people that I think we're more inclined to to rate at the top of that list because they just prove that they can do it all and I think that's the beauty of of mixed martial arts it's you know mastering all those disciplines and becoming like literally you know the ultimate fighter and i think that's what shevchenko is at the moment so again so so impressive um so dominant and um yeah i just thought it was it was great to watch and it wasn't like dominant in a boring way it was dominant in a really really entertaining fashion so no complaints no i definitely agree and i think valentina's one of those women where you, you just know every time she fights, she's going to bring just something crazy to the table. And she's just such a well-rounded fighter. It's such a shame there's not more competition for her because she like I, you just want to know how far she can go. And it's like the, the only potential challenge, you know, well, the, the obvious challenge is Amanda Nunez, but they've fought twice. And, you know, it's like it's, it's a, just a step too far. But, you know, you want to see... You just want to see her in in more of these fights where she can just show off how how fantastic she is, um, and and I think I feel like if if we had more of that, Valentina would just become more and more of a star because she's just got that that just amazing fight quality and good personality mm-hmm. and just a likable character. So yeah, I mean, she was just she was just so good. Um, and she just looked so strong as well. She was just absolutely ragdolling the poor, the poor lady. So <laughs> the poor lady, poor yeah. lady, she did sign up for, for that fight, did uh, did Andrade. But you know, um, she uh, was outclassed, and you know, in the ways that people thought that she could possibly trouble Valentina, just they didn't. You know, it wasn't even close um and it is a shame that you know we've already had the, the Nunes fight twice and it's not really happened or sort of so sort of, yeah never been a spark really either in the fight it's it's always a very very average fight mm, yeah and it's just that weight difference isn't it it's such a shame um that it yeah it hasn't quite taken off but it's like they're the only two that can sort of fight each other and give each other any trouble so you feel like it has to happen again. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. It's difficult to see how Valentina wins, but who knows? Maybe she can really sort of balloon up and, and get massive then, maybe. Um, but unlikely. And that's the thing as well. I don't want to see her stretch herself too too far or like just try and do something just for a freak show. Mm. I'd rather just... Please, just find some 125ers somewhere, you know... Go, go look in other championships, look in one championship, look in Bellator, just get the opponents for her and let's let's get a little bit little bit uh going in that division because I just want to see her fighting and beating people. Definitely. And like you said, she's got the personality, she's she's well rounded and in a lot of ways we we are much more inclined to, you know, start having that that goat conversation when, when somebody sort of is likable and they're very well rounded in, in everything that they do. Um, in the octagon so um she's just she's a star but she she needs that that real tough test that we just we just need we just need her to gather someone that actually fights back um so yeah hoping for that we have to mention this because it was probably even though the Usman knockout was incredibly an incredible like viral moment, um, possibly an even more viral moment happened earlier on in the card um, oh. with something that sort of almost gets worse the more times you watch it. I mean, I don't know how many times you watched it, but I watched it quite a few times and it's almost worse when you know it's coming. Uh, and uh, oh, God. Yeah, when he steps back, Chris White oh. is just... Do we have to talk about this? Uh, oh, my God. It just doesn't even make sense. It's like, there's that, it's that moment in the, the first Harry Potter film where he, like, turns his arm into, like, into, like, glue or, like, sludge or whatever. You know, it just sort of becomes completely limp and it, like, bends the wrong way. It reminded me of that, where, like, his leg is just... <laughs> Oh God! Going the opposite direction. I actually sent a video of that to um, a friend of mine who I lived with in Australia, who was an A and E doctor, or still is an A and E doctor. And even she was like, "Why have you sent me this? This is disgusting." Oh, <laughs> I'm like, God. I can't imagine the things that she's seen in A and E. And he was like, "That's horrible! Don't show me that." <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Are you flexing that you've got friends there, Greg? Yeah, that's my second friend. <laughs> nice. <laughs> No, I mean, oh, it was, it's just revolting, and I hate. I, I really, I'm not one for watching like these terrible injuries in sport. I just, I just so, oh, I mean, I don't know if it's just because I'm quite injury prone myself, so I always just feel it deep inside. And I feel like, there was one the other week as well, uh, not in the UFC on the boxing on the Andrade Leon Williams undercard. Uh, a boxer got sat down, and as he sat down, he's well, got knocked down, and as he, as he was going down, his his leg twisted the wrong way I under saw him. That. And, yeah, I saw that. And I mean, it's, they're just so horrible to watch. Mm-hmm. That widen one was just, I mean, oh god. Uh, but it's just so. Like, I was saying this to my friends. It makes me believe in. Oh, that was a flex from me, by the way, as well. That I've got friends too. But um, <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> it just makes me believe in karma because how often do you see a leg break like that in the UFC? And it's just so strange that Anderson Silva, you know, it happened 
with him fighting Chris Weidman. Weidman then jokes about it after the fight, saying, yeah, oh, I broke his leg, like, whatever. That's my question. Like, I, I don't remember this, or I couldn't, like, see a clip of this. I know you mentioned that, but he seemed... I, I definitely remember at the time there was some mention, or, or or even if it wasn't, like, straight after, I remember it, there was... I definitely saw something where he was joking about it, and it's just... I just It just makes me think, like, how how is that possible? Yeah, like, that you just insane. never see that. How can, it just happens back to him. It's absolutely insane. Did you do you sort of find whenever you like see a video like that, whether it's your leg or you know those horrible like weightlifting accidents that you see, oh, when, no, you know, something it. bends back? Do you find you almost get like a like a fuzzy feeling in like your knee or whatever it is that you've seen just break? Like now all of a sudden, like I was watching it and then like I was just walking and I just felt like. I don't know. I just felt like a different thing in my leg. Like you got oh some God. sympathy bones. Yeah, yeah. Am I gonna? Is my leg just gonna fold in on itself as I start walking? I don't know. Hopefully not. Um, and that, honestly, Greg, it makes me thank God that I was smart enough to choose boxing over Muay Thai or kickboxing because I do not want my I do not want my leg snapped in half. At least I'm just getting punched in the head. That seems a little bit more bearable. It, it's it was not nice to watch. I don't think I'll be watching it again. But. Now that I've seen it, I'm glad that I was able to get through it and um, I don't feel sick anymore. So that's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, at least it's one of those moments that brings all the eyes to the sport. Yeah. Not in the best way, but how, I mean, I went round my girlfriend's house and all of her friends she lives with like six girls and all of them were so like, oh, did you see this thing that happened on the UFC last night? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> how do you know? It's about whether that? it's uh, it's positive attention um, or not so much so because there's no such thing as bad publicity. Greg. Yeah, I just wonder, you know, if they would want to try and get sort of young kids into fighting if they're watching that, thinking, "Oh yeah, Dad, let me try that." <laughs> and then <laughs> parents are like, "Um, actually, I think it looks quite dangerous." Weird, really weird. Yeah. I, I genuinely wonder, like, what the sort of anatomy or like sort of the scientific way in which his leg was able to do that because it must have been a sort of very specific point on his own shin where he connected that was just like softer than um Uriah Hall's leg like leg or wherever he sort of made contact. It just seems so strange that it would wrap around like that. That has to be some reason yeah. why that happened. Um <laughs> I think Conor McGregor, the master of medicine had had tweeted about it but i think it seemed like the from what he said and i mean i haven't checked but it does seem like the most like kind of realistic way that, that it happened was that he already had lots of micro fra- fractures mm. in his leg from training yeah. so that all it took was just one big kick without pads like they'll have in training and, and that's it snaps i think that that does sound like a likely case because they they do just you know, they have to just kick so much and God knows how much training is taken out of them. And maybe that's why that's why yeah, it's happened. Did, did you see um on Instagram, you know, they post like little sort of warm up videos of the fighters before their fights. And the one they posted of Chris Wyman before the fight was him like stretching loads and doing all these like really deep stretches and, and everyone's commenting like, I think you stretched a bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, but yeah, Jesus Christ. I mean I can't imagine that would that would literally give you PTSD, like genuinely um, would scar you for life, like mentally as well. Like it must be incredibly difficult. You know the fact that he's already talking about like his 
um, got a road to recovery and road to fighting again is absolutely staggering. I mean, that just shows you like fighters are built different, aren't they? You know, they are. Yeah, we are, Greg. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he's, he's impressive. I don't know. Surely when it comes to it, and I've, have you seen the x-rays and he's now got loads of screws in his leg and it's all yeah. bolted up. I mean, surely you won't want to take a kick on it again. Or, yeah. I mean, what, what is left for him as well, really? I mean, yeah. it's not as like he's going to come back and fight for a title. I mean, just that, that's what he was saying pre-fight was, you know, he was three, three or four fights away from winning a title again and then retiring. But I think mm-hmm. it just seems like a bit of a pipe dream now with Chris Weidman. And yeah, he, he had his he had his moment, um, but I really don't see him coming back and and beating some of those top guys. So yeah, well, um, give it a day. Yeah, I, I wish him very speedy recovery and I hope he decides to not fight again because that's going to be imagine trying to watch that his next fight I'm just going to be watching it like through my hands like I, I won't be able to watch it because I'll just be thinking please don't snap your leg off like geez just you know don't throw any leg kicks you know just go for a takedown um, yeah, yeah I think that's 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 what it'll get remembered for now as well which is a bit <laughs> of a game, but... well he's going to be the man that was involved in not the only two disastrous leg kicks or whatever yeah um yeah anyway best of best of luck chris god bless thank you very much for listening to the left up larry podcast we'll be trying to put a podcast out every single week hope you have a great day